This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Purple Mafia, with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, December the 19th, 2011, and this is episode number 105 of Purple Mafia, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Always much, much appreciated. Um, well... <laughs> Here we go again, folks. The Minnesota Vikings are bottoming out. That is pretty much that pretty much sums up the the uh, state of the Vikings' address, or the state of the Vikings, the state of the franchise, whatever you want to call it. The Vikings are bottoming out, no matter how you look at it, fact or fiction. Well, it's 110 percent fact. We are now two and twelve. But before we review the game, of course, and preview the Washington Redskins game for next week, of course. Uh, I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey. So, so I don't uh, rudely not introduce myself. There you go. I'm I'm your I'm your man. I'm the guy that's the host Purple Mafia. Started it oh almost four years ago already. Can you believe that? Pretty weird. Well, and it's almost 2012 as well. Even more weird. Yep. Boy, doesn't the month of December go by quickly? It sure does. Month of December always just flies by. Christmas season, regardless if you're an avid shopper or somebody who just detests shopping like me and tries to get the easy way out as best as possible without uh, completely losing my shirt <laughs> with a trillion nieces and nephews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those deals. So, let's just move on, though. Let's just move on. The topic at hand, the Minnesota Vikings. That's right. Um, oh, and first, before I even get to that, uh, the other point I was going to get to, I do want to wish all of you a uh, Merry Christmas, and of course, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever, uh, but yeah, Merry Christmas to those of you, it's coming up, this will probably be the last show before Christmas, in fact, yeah, it will be, um, yeah, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, hope you have a good time, of course, there will be a show before New Year's, and we'll talk about New Year's when the time comes, and 
Yeah, before you know it, it'll be 2012. That'll probably be episode number 107, I believe. Yep, 107 will probably be the first episode of the fa- the uh, the feared 2012. Ooh, 2012. Mm-hmm, scary. But it's still 2011, and it's still the 2011 season. The Minnesota Vikings are 2-12 and 12 in the coming 2012. <laughs> That's kind of cute, huh? We've lost six in a row. The New Orleans Saints are now 11-3. and three. The hated Saints, more than likely, on their way to a number two seed. Though the San Francisco 49ers are holding their own very nicely against the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight in the city of freaks, or whatever you want to call it. But you can kind of get my gist on why I'm calling it that. Um, it's going to be a good game, regardless. <laughs> it's going to be a good game between those two, and I'm going to move on again from that. Vikings and Saints, Vikings and Saints. Yeah, you can tell I'm trying to avoid the topic. Yeah, I know it's not trying to be a bit. I'm just trying to avoid the topic because it's just another one of those deals. Like, do you really want to even talk about this game? <laughs> I guess, I guess I will. Uh, yeah. Oh, the joys of being a... Uh, the host of a show covering the team, you know, <laughs> representing the Minnesota Vikings, whatever, podcasting for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, the joys of it, you know, because you have the fun seasons, you have 2009, and then you have years like 2011, you have years like 2010, of course, like mentioned, 2010, and then this year, even worse than last year, in fact, a lot worse than last year, believe it or not, despite, in fact, last year was much more disappointing, this year is just like a wash beyond beyond anything I couldn't even believe. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just a complete joke. Before I start saying immature stuff, uh, it's just a, a freak of nature how bad this team is. How about that? Yeah, I mean, how, I, I guess that's about the best way to describe it. This team is so bad, it's a freak of nature. It's like, how could they be this bad? How? How can the defense be this bad? Ponder is just kind of, well, you know, the learning curve, but... Uh, well, if, if, if he's like this halfway through next season, say we're not going to wind up with some crazy situation where it's Andrew Luck coming here, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to get really interesting around here, folks, if Christian Potter still stinks be, uh, next year because people are going to get real tired real quick. You don't want a Rex Roseman here, and I'm sorry to even bring up that name and Christian Potter in the same sentence, and I pray to God that we won't be doing that in the coming years. But, folks, the possibility does exist and persists. Yep. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And as usual, a <laughs> situation like this when there's so much to get to, my head's spinning all over the place. I want to get to so many things. I want to talk about so many things. And I'm going crazy. So let's try to be organized. Let's try to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and last night's game. Uh, there were no call-ins, so I'm not hearing any voices joining me on this show, unfortunately. So uh, I missed you guys out there. If you can call in, it'd be great. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7TSS, as you could call it as well. But uh, yeah, 7877. Be great to hear from you out there. It really would. I missed you. Uh, Brent Jacobson, if you're still listening, haven't heard from him in, gosh, like a year. Woo, it's been too long. Sebastian Balls, all you out there calling. Don't be afraid to call in. Tony Coleman, any of you. A lot of you guys are local, some of you guys aren't, but cell phones and Skype are available to call in. It can be done if, you, if you're comfortable enough to do that. So yeah, let's just continue to dance around here. And now I remember the small tidbit I was going to get to just a second ago. It was uh, more or less, <laughs> if Andrew Luck 
if the Vikings are lucky enough to be in a position to draft Andrew Luck, I'm all in. I'm sorry, I'm not married to Christian Ponder. I have no reason to be married to Christian Ponder. And even if he was doing really well, well, <laughs> the San Diego Chargers did have Drew Brees, remember, and they took Phillip Rivers. Not saying it was the right decision or anything, but that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Go on your gut feeling, and I guess right now, if I were the Minnesota front office, not sure who's going to be there next year or not, if he can get drift, but um, it's going to be extremely interesting to see how things turn out with that as well. No, if Andrew Luck is available, I take him. I'm all in. As I told Brent Jacobson earlier today and a couple weeks ago as well, I'm all in. If Andrew Luck is there, I'm all in, folks. That's just all there is to it. So with that, we are going to uh, quickly get to the Twitter and Facebook group, or page, excuse me, Facebook page. Try to go to the Facebook page, not the Facebook group. When you look for Provo Mafia, Minnesota Vikings, or whatever, you know, you search that in the, in the search bar on Facebook. Go to the one that says company, and then go to that and click like. Uh, the activity's picked up a little bit this week, which is good. I can understand why there might be a little lack of activity because the team really, really is not doing well, and fans are probably bored and frustrated, and it's Christmas season as well. People are busy with shopping and family get-togethers. It's just how it goes. There's nothing I can do about it. You guys have a life, and that's all the, all the more why, you know, <laughs> that's, that's why we're on this planet. You know, we have a life, right? So I have a life as well. So, uh, but yeah, no, that's how you get to the Facebook page, also the Twitter account. So, but yeah, you can look it up as well. I mean, even easier, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. That's a lot easier way to do it. And of course, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So it's Purple Mafia Show after the forward slash for both Twitter and Facebook. That's about as simple as it gets. So please do join or follow, like or follow those respective pages. If you could, please would appreciate that. Oh, so very much. So, with that, off to the Facebook, uh, excuse me, the Twitter account. We're going to get to a couple mentions, and we're going to get to the Facebook group right away. We're also going to talk some about this MSN uh, article. MSN, the sports part of MSN, of course. Interesting topic, uh, where the Vasanichenko is talking about players quit on the team. Unfortunately, he doesn't mention who, but then again, if he did, that would be kind of throwing people under the bus, and that doesn't always go so well in the locker room. But he's basically saying some players did quit, and... Um, inexplicable, unacceptable. Yes, it is. So, before I get too far ahead of myself, we're going to get to the uh, that Twitter first. We'll get to the mentions and the interactions and, of course, the, uh, the notes and such. You can kind of call them notes, like some of my tweets along the way. You know, a lot of people do that. A lot of people kind of take notes by tweeting during the game. You kind of keep track of how the game went and all that. So, really, plain and simple, it's... Uh, the Saints gave us opportunities early on, folks. They sure did. The Saints gave us opportunities early on with fumbles and... <laughs> so frustrating. You know, I mean, how can this happen? You know, you get two fumbles from the Saints. One of them was a horrible snap. That was the second one. The first one, I mean, it was the ball was just handed off to the Vikings. Drew Brees even fumbled early on as well. Uh, the Vikings only get two field goals out of it. That's it. I mean, you can't capitalize off of horrible turnovers... You're not gonna. You're just not gonna get anywhere. You're not gonna win anything ever. This team, yeah. You get takeaways. These weren't takeaways. These were giveaways by the Saints. There's a difference between a takeaway and a giveaway. And the New Orleans Saints were giving in the in the giving mood. I mean, they're it's the season for giving. They're so rich. We're so poor. They, you know, they're in the they're in the. It's the season of giving, folks. 
and the Minnesota Vikings, somehow, I guess, you know, you had, you opened it up, it's, uh, mm, uh, Xbox 360, it's, uh, it's a HDTV, whatever it is, and they dropped it down the toilet, oops, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, well, it still kind of works, it looks kind of crappy now, and it's not working that well, but it kind of works, <laughs> that's basically what the Vikings did with the presents that the, uh, Saints wanted to give the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe the Saints gave the Vikings, oh, $1,000 bills. Oh, they dropped nine of them, but we still got one of them. Or we still got about three of them left over. The other seven fell down in the sewer because we're so clumsy and all that stuff and just incompetent. Yeah, that's about basically how the Minnesota Vikings handled those very generous gifts. The New Orleans Saints were so kind enough to offer the Minnesota Vikings in yesterday's game on December the 18th. Yeah, we also had the uh, one-year anniversary of the dome collapse last, uh, the cover, the roof collapse, not the dome itself, but the roof collapse last week. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there to anybody who cares. Um, but no, it's just, it's two teams going in two different directions. As mentioned, the Vikings have lost six in a row. The Saints have now won six in a row. They're 11-3 and three and are probably have a legitimate shot of having a number two seed and could be a legitimate threat to the Green Bay Packers' chances of going to the Super Bowl. We'll get to that later if I feel like it. Yeah, because the Packers lost yesterday. Oh, my God! Yeah, Packers lost yesterday. you got to love that. That's a, a really nice feeling to a lot of people, including Dan Taylor, who liked to talk about that a little bit on the <laughs> Twitter and on the Facebook, understandably, on that. I mean, you know, how do I the Packers losing when they're so yeah, full of themselves and the fans are even more full of themselves than the team? So, yeah, whatever. Move on again. The Saints in the giving move, the Vikings not good on the accepting part. Uh, they had to settle for two very long field goals by Ryan Longwell. 44-yarder and a 49-yarder. Luckily, both of them went in because Ryan Longwell is awesome and spectacular. Uh, the Vikings are very much in the giving mood as well, though. They're kind of like the person, the poor person that does not have any money management skills whatsoever. Maybe you make $7, $8, $9 an hour and you're buying people cars. For, for Christmas. That's basically what the Vikings secondary has, has been doing. I mean, here, here you go. Here's a... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking like $30,000 cars here, too. You know? Yeah, here's your car. Here's your SOV, SUV. Even though I'm making $8, $9 an hour, I don't know why I'm getting approved for the credit, but here, here you go. Even though I'm so bad, I probably should... My credit's already bad, right? You know, that's what they, that's what they would be right now. <laughs> That's what the Vikings secondary is. I mean, they're buying cars for, for Christmas. The Saints are giving the Vikings nice, generous gifts. The Vikings are being even more generous. Not in the turnovers, but in the, uh, just, here you go. Look at all this space, you know. Look at all this space. You could build a, a flippin' mall in the amount of space that this secondary is giving receivers. And the, the linebackers are not tackling. The safeties can't tackle. I'm going to say this, you know, I've been saying it the last couple of weeks, I've been saying it all year especially, but I've been really getting bitchy, there you go, I said it, bitchy about about it the past couple of weeks, because it's so evident. I mean, we're talking miles and miles away from each other. It's unbelievable, it, it just is. And like I said last week, the team refuses to win. This week, they didn't have to refuse to win, the game was pretty much one of those games. It was uh, one of those games, yes it was. <laughs> yeah, you know what's even better about that? <laughs> do, you, do you really want to know what's even better about the horrible defense? Well, the offense sucks too. Yes, it does. Because during those two scoring drives, uh, yeah, the scoring drives, yeah, do you really want to call them that? Or do you want to call them basically like, oh, slip, slip, and just, uh, you know, 
basically slip and fall and still wind up with, uh, oh, shoot, I found a $20 bill on the ground. Yes! That's basically about it. <laughs> slip and fall. That's basically what happened. The Vikings were minus 10 on the two, in the combined two scoring drives. You know, the two scoring drives that wound up with six points because the Saints fumbled. Minus 10 on offense. Yeah, that's not clutch, is it? No. I mean, again, I, you know, coming on here and piling on, okay, why is Joey so negative? Why is he being so hard? Well, what I, I guess I can't really do say anything else. I guess I got to kind of tell you what happened. I mean, the numbers are there. Minus 10 on two scoring drives when the Vikings were given the ball. You couldn't even move forward. I mean, the object is to go forward. I guess they had their their car stuck in reverse or something. I mean, maybe you might want to get something fixed there. Yeah, or replace the car. You know, it's a, yeah, you kind of want to replace the car, I think, if the car is the uh, offensive line. Terrible offensive line. Yep. The Vikings could not tackle uh, Mr. Sproles, Darren Sproles, who I really never thought was that great with the Chargers. Uh, he was a little better with the Chiefs in the past. He's been a uh, pretty solid, pretty dang good addition actually to the New Orleans Saints who are kind of doing the running back by committee and have been forever because Reggie Bush is never going to be a franchise running back. Never was, never will be. He was in college, never ever has been in the NFL. He's, he's a versatile kind of, he's kind of like a Percy Harvin type. Like Percy Harvin is never going to be a franchise type player either. He's just not. He's versatile, he's extremely valuable. But he's never going to be a franchise player. Nope. Nope. Adrian Peterson kind of is, but his position sometimes doesn't allow him to be a franchise player because if you're behind, it's kind of hard to run the ball a lot. And that's why the Vikings got no running yards yesterday. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> but uh, again, back to the point, because I like to dance around too much. The, the linebackers. See, it's like the defensive line is pretty good. It's kind of like you're going to... It's kind of like, you know, the charts with the... Uh, the uh, uh, bars, I forget what they call those, doggone it, I think they're called bars, yep, like, you know, the the talent level, the talent level, the skill, the performance, you know, all combined into one, right, you got the bars up, right, on the chart, right, for the defense, it's up to the, maybe we'll give it an eight, right, the defensive line, maybe we'll give it an eight, that might be too generous, and then you go to the linebackers, well, it's probably about a 4.5, because it's getting pretty crummy over there, yeah, and then you go to the secondary, and it's a big fat zero, it is. It's a big fat zero. It's funny too. It deteriorates the further you get through. If you if and the defensive line isn't doing as well as they were because the running backs getting through enough, but generally the linebackers lead the team in tackles, right? Because that's you know they're backing the line, just like the name says. They're backing the line. They're there to take down the running back. That's especially what happens. You take down the running back when he gets through the defensive line, because it's rare that the D-line just stonewalls them at the line of scrimmage. Usually they get a yard or two. Just That's just, you know, the, that's just the nature of the game, the name of the game, whatever. Um, but they can't tackle. I mean, the linebackers can't tackle. The secondary sure as hell can't tackle. Maybe they get lucky and bring a guy down because he got slowed down by somebody from behind. They, they crypt him up a teeny bit. <laughs> like Chad Greenway or somebody might get his finger, fingertips on the guys like Cleet. That's about it. La-di-da. Yeah, it's just the talent level deteriorates. And then again, as the secondary, it's a zero. I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, there is zero. And I know a lot of you might want to come up with the other cute comebacks, like they're minus 11. Okay, they're minus 11 then, but I'll just a little bit more, yeah, sane. <laughs> it's annoying. It really is. 
Uh, what's his name? I don't even remember who it was. I believe it was Sanford. Yeah, oh, what's his name? Hit the guy out of bounds. He 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 just he hit him. He hit Sproles out of bounds in one of his uh, long carries that he had about. He had a lot of them in the game. Uh, it probably was a in though it like when upon further review it was kind of a lame call in terms of uh, he wasn't necessarily completely out of bounds, but clearly the guy had given up. He was done. He was already stopped walking out of bounds, basically. So you hit him when he's pretty much out of bounds. Why even risk it? Bad call or not, why risk it? You just gave him way more yards, and you're just not disciplined. And does that come on the coaches? Sure, sure it can. When you make the same type of mistakes as mistakes constantly, it can come back on the coach. Why the hell? Why the hell not? You know, when when problems aren't really being addressed one way or another. You can talk about it in a press conference all you want, but when the result isn't there, <laughs> well, you either cut the coach or you either cut the player or fire the coach. I mean, you got to start making decisions like that. It's going to start heading in that direction. Jared Allen kind of gets into that in that uh, MSN article we're going to get to a little later. In fact, actually, the article was uh, actually published by, officially published by uh, Fox. So Fox Sports North, FSN North, whatever, it was actually published by them, but MSN kind of put that on their headlines. So it was like the team, did the team, did the NFL team give up? That's basically what they asked at one point. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. It really is. Uh, the Vikings running game looked okay at times, and uh, Culture Vulture, the Culture Vulture, or whichever you want to, yeah, it's Culture Vulture on Twitter, came to uh, mention me and said, hey, am I crazy or have I seen some run blocking today? These other Vikings linemen want Sullivan, want that Sullivan five-year money. It's like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like you probably are onto something there, culture vulture. How how could he not be? He's he's onto something there. He is. It's funny. Vikings offensive line or played a little bit better at times, but it was mostly in like the second quarter and whatever. <laughs> After that, it got worse and worse and worse. It sure did. I think I'm at a loss for words. You know, I get quiet when I think about how frustrating it is to see those guys. Uh, and yeah, I'll throw in John Sullivan will not be on the free agent market. He was going to be one of the actual more sought-after centers in free agency, if you can believe that. Yep, if you can believe that, he was going to be that guy. He was going to be one of the more sought-after free agents and free in, uh, free agent centers when free agency does roll around, which does tell you, A, the free agent center market probably not too thick this year. But at the same time, it also tells you that John Sullivan's having a, quietly having a pretty good year, despite all the horrible play of everybody, almost everybody else outside of the Adrian Petersons and Percy Harvins and such, and of late Toby Gerhardt, who got another solid game. He's having a solid, uh, solid game. He's having a solid run. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Can't really uh, talk about that. <laughs> you can't really go any other way. Excuse me. Um, it's getting interesting. Yeah. My head's spinning. You guys can probably tell it's spinning way too much. So, yeah. Let's just move on to something else here. And, yeah, it's like a lot of people are like, yeah, the, the refs hate us. And it's like, okay, I agree. They do. But there's nothing new there. Let's just overcome it once in a while. Maybe we could one of these days. The Vikings also fumbled a kickoff during the game. Luckily, we recovered. But still, it's like nothing can really get better. <laughs> nothing can really seem to uh, not, I mean, nothing can seem to work out for this team. It just never does. It's getting kind of crazy. 
It sure is. It sure is. Mm -mm -mm. Yep. Another quick thing, uh, Farzine Vasugian was kind enough to mention me during the uh, run here. Also because, or it's mostly because Green Bay yeah, was, was getting beat by the Kansas City Chiefs in the first half. I tweeted, go Chiefs. Yeah, of course, he responded to that. No surprise there. Because <laughs> Farzine Vasugian is the host of the Chiefs Zone show available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. His comment is, why couldn't Denver release Orton and, and uh, injure Cassell earlier? LOL. That's kind of funny and true. You know? Mm-hmm. Ended up being one of the bigger upsets of all of the entire season. Kansas City Chiefs did beat the Green Bay Packers. So there you go. Packers are now 13-1. and They will not, repeat, will not be undefeated at <laughs> this season. But at least they lost now and not in the Super Bowl like the Patriots. So we'll see for, for their sake what happens. We did see, uh, now kind of continuing on here, we did see Adrian Peterson on third down, believe it or not. It was a third and one. We did see something rare today. Yep, Adrian Peterson on third down, and he blew up and got a 39-yard run. Vintage 2007 there. You know, every time I see Adrian Peterson go on a big run, I think of 2007, because that's when we saw most of that happen. When he basically blow through the line and explode, and there, there he went. Off into the races, 39-yard gain for Adrian Peterson on a third and one. So two rare things you saw right there. Adrian Peterson on a third down, and, uh, well, three rare things. Seeing Adrian on a third down, Two, get, uh, converting the third down and three, a big giant run. You know, it's fun to see that once in a while. And that was one of the better drives. This was after the fumbled kickoff, believe it or not. And the Vikings completed it with a power run by Toby Gerhardt into the end zone. And uh, it was it was good, over 10 yards. They went under review for a split second because they, they wanted to make sure he was uh, over the pylon and he didn't uh, fumble the ball. But no, it was a ground caused the... Caused the uh, loss of the ball, the fumble, whatever. So that was great. Toby Gerhardt with a, a touchdown. That was the best run. That was the best moment. That was the high uh, That was the high point of the entire game. And it was actually close at one point. A lot of people probably thought it would be that way. And I come out and basically I'm like, yeah, it's funny that we're always in games, even against good teams, but never finish. And boy, we sure didn't finish, did we? Nope. Nope. Because <laughs> it's like the first half finished pretty good, you know, well, it didn't finish that good, no, it actually didn't, 21 to 13, but eh, that's still semi-competitive, that was after that nice Toby Gerhardt run into the end zone, things looked good, about seven minutes to go in the first half, but then the secondary pretty much got carved up, and it wound up with a touchdown for the Saints, and that was the beginning, the floodgates officially opened at this point in time, that was near the end of the first half, but first half score, of course, 21 to 13, you figure, well, we're still in it, well, you know, we can get a touchdown and a extra, excuse me, the uh, two-point conversion. We have a tie game, and who knows? Of course, we know we're not going to win anyway, but it's like maybe we can dream and have some fun here. Maybe we can beat these evil guys that suddenly completely own us. <laughs> How can they not own us when they have a quarterback who's going to get over 5,000 yards, probably break the single-season record in yardage? He throws five touchdown passes yesterday, 32 of 40. I mean, virtually unscathed in the entire game. There was nobody near him most of the time. There was <laughs> nobody near the receivers most of the time. It was just like bada bing, bada boom. It was practice for Drew Brees. It was just a practice. It was just a little two-minute drill, pretty much, or whatever you want to call it. The whole entire <laughs> game, pretty much, for Drew Brees. I mean, it's too easy. It's too easy. 
boy, I mean, what a, what a, forgive me for using the word, what an epic NFC Championship game it can and will be should the Saints and Packers meet up. Meet up. Will it be a game of destiny? Saints and Packers, NFC title game, come late January. Mm-hmm. Could it Could it happen? And could the Saints possibly do to the Packers what they did to the Vikings, break their hearts? Could it happen? Sure, anything can happen. <laughs> anything can happen, even though you're thinking of a warm-weather dome team in cold Green Bay. That might be a pretty big disadvantage for the Saints, who did have their home crowd against the Vikings, unfortunately, in 2009, and that did make a difference. Yeah, it did. But really, as they move into the second half, what more is there to say? What more is there to say? What happened in the first half or second half? Well, this is what happened in the second half. The Vikings offense would have the ball, and, th- and <laughs> three plays later, the Saints would have the ball because the Minnesota Vikings would end up punting. They would get nowhere and, and end up punting. That's basically what happened. Christian Ponder did have one turnover in the game, and that was the only turnover the entire game, so that's the good thing. The Vikings only have one turnover versus six last week against Detroit. Yeah, you remember we had six turnovers in Detroit back in 07. I remember that oh so very well. Check my YouTube video, Minnesota Vikings versus Detroit Lions in 2007. That's kind of entertaining. You can see me blow up on the camera a little bit on YouTube if you feel like checking that out sometime. Paladino Live. Minnesota versus Detroit, 2007. Yeah, just for curiosity's sake. But to the point again, so the turnover battle, not as ugly, nearly as ugly this week as it was in the past, the past week. But uh, the offense was virtually uh, invisible, virtually invisible. The running game was good uh, when it was able to be good, <laughs> to be honest, when the Vikings were able to run the ball, which is not very often. It was pretty efficient. Christian Ponder, the only 14 of 31 overall for 120 yards. 45%. A whopping 45% completion percentage. That is pitiful. Passer rating of 63.9. And, yeah, just... He did get two touchdowns, believe it or not. But the completion percentage, horrible. Uh, Drew Brees... Excuse me, Drew Brees. I wish he was Drew Brees, right? Christian Ponder through the, uh, at one point in the game was going to kind of throw a screen pass to a guy you know, sideline type yeah, just kind of the quick hut and throw it basically sideways to a running back or receiver whatever, slot receiver kind of to try to do a catch and go type play the ball wasn't anywhere near anybody it was like way behind him, I forget who he was trying to pass to, but maybe I, maybe there was no way to tell who he was trying to pass to because it wasn't near really anybody Ponder was also called for intentional grounding a few times in the game because he just wasn't throwing the ball to anybody at times when he was trying to, quote-unquote, avoid a sack. (sighs) Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Mm. Mm -mm. But the crowd really let him hear it. We're going to get to that here in a second again. Um, Officially, the passing yards at the end of the first half, though, by the way, 211-7 to in favor of the Saints. What does that tell you? That sums it up. It does right there. It sums up where Drew Brees and Christian Ponder are at their career right now, at their points of their career at this point in time. I mean, Christian Ponder has all the right in the world to improve, but it just shows the offenses, the talent, and lack thereof on both teams. It is uh, mind-boggling, the difference. Weird. And it's like you look at this to think that the NFC title game, Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints were in the NFC title game less than two years ago. 
and you saw what you saw yesterday on December 18th. You saw what you saw on that television or in that stadium. A home game, ladies and gentlemen. A home game. It feels like 10 years ago. It feels like it never happened. It's so weird to be this much worse than them. And and it, it hurts so much to think of how close we were when I was on this microphone less than two years ago talking about the upcoming NFC title game. One more game away from crossing the threshold into the pure land. And it's a more, you know, then it's the final battle in the pure land and then off to paradise if you win. But unfortunately, it just didn't happen. No. No, it didn't. The second half was so boring and out of hand that there isn't really much more to say. Basically, it was just hike. Like, as I mentioned, Vikings would have the ball and punt. Saints would have the ball, and it would pretty much be hut, pass, catch, hut, pass, catch, hut, pass, catch, handoff, run, 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 break, tackle, break, tackle, out of bounds. <laughs> break, tackle, break, tackle, break, tackle, out of bounds. Hut, pass, catch, hut, pass, catch. Oh, and about five minutes down, five to ten minutes later, they'd be in the end zone because they're, you know, trying to run the clock a little bit. You know, it wasn't as quick. They're trying to be efficient and waste the time. Beautiful stuff. It really is. Yes, it is. Oh, and another note real quick. The uh, the near fumble, the fumble to kick off, was, of course, a uh, <laughs> an onside kick. Yeah, a lot of people are pretty pissed off at uh, Sean Payton, and I can understand why. Uh, the stage, like, 99 miles ahead of the Vikings. Why are you doing an onside kick? Just to, just to rub it in our face, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, and I said it. I said it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's my... That's what I have to say to Sean Payton. What is the point of that? And I hope someday... I hope the day comes that these two teams are on... <laughs> are in opposite positions. And we can do the same thing back at him. Because that is so... <laughs> I almost, I almost used a word that, yeah, I probably shouldn't put on this show. But that is so crummy. It, it really is to do that. And I know, well, oh, then, then beat him. Then stop it. Oh, then make him stop by beating him. Yeah, okay, great. But flat out kick, you know, that, that's beyond kicking a team when they're down. That's just being a, a <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't like it. I think it's kind of out of line. I do. It's just kind of asshole-ish, and uh, regardless of what fans think, positive or negative, on what he did, it's going to come back to bite him. It it will, just like Jim Schwartz, you know, stuff came back to bite him. He's kind of a jackass and cocky and all that stuff, and when Jim Harbaugh kind of responded the way he did to uh, Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz didn't like it, well, it's like, hey, it, it hurts coming back your way, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does, and the day will come that Drew Brees won't be the quarterback of the Saints, that their uh, defense won't be as good, that they won't have the running game. They, you, I mean, you take Drew Brees away from that team, by the way. <laughs> they won't be quite as good, will they? But there will be that day, and Sean Payton's going to be on the, the other sideline, so to speak. And it's not going to feel as good, is it, Sean? Uh-huh, there you go. There's my response to that. I had to get to that. Shoot, I mean, what was I thinking not getting to it sooner? <laughs> yeah, really, what was I thinking? But, um, 
It did kind of almost feel like there were times, you know, where Breeze is trying to rack up yards. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Before the end of the first half, <laughs> as well, we're still kind of bouncing around a little bit. It did seem like Brew Breeze was just looking to get a couple of extra yards really quick before the end of the half. It's funny, because he's obviously trying to break Marino's passing record. He, he'll tell you he's probably not thinking about it, not focusing on it. Like every coach is going to tell you, or every player is going to tell you, excuse me. But it's like, whatever. Whatever, it's... <laughs> well, good luck to you. You know, Breeze is a nicer guy than Dan Marino. And pretty much everybody's a nicer guy than Dan Marino, so we'll just leave that as is. Yeah, it's it's fun. Fun times. And over the course of the game, we saw the, uh, well, if the honeymoon wasn't over with Christian Potter and the Viking fans, it's over now. Oh, it's over now. Christian Potter was booed multiple times in this game. And, you know, rightfully so. He didn't play very well. The booing may be a little bit too hard at times, but... I'm not going to get mad at a fan for booing right now, for booing the quarterback right now or the team because it's 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 bad. The product is bad. End of story. I don't think I need to even say it anymore. I really don't. <laughs> it's uh, the secondary is definitely. I mean, I think the secondary. This is the worst secondary I've ever seen, and even worse than the '99 or 2001. Secondary, the 2001 secondary was historically bad. 2002 as well, but this one I think is worse. Honestly, I, I think it is. It's it has to be. Our record's worse. It does. It's getting really bad. Yep, it's just a joke. It's basically like third and one. Drew Brees would hike the ball in this game against that secondary. It would just be third. It'd be a third and one. They they wouldn't run the ball. Why would they run it? Breeze would just hunt it and throw it, and that's it. Another first down. It's bad. Vikings did not get any sacks to kind of close on the Twitter area. Vikings could not get any sacks. Uh, oh yeah, I'll get to Dan Taylor's mention. Uh, could not get any sacks in this game, but uh, Evans could have had two on one play, and he didn't. And the Saints got a first down on that particular play, as well. It's just like end of the story there. Dan Taylor with a couple of quick uh, interactions or mentions, you could call them, on, on uh, Twitter. He says, and when and when they were bad, they were comically bad. We've all quit on this season. Mm-hmm. Dan Taylor fully cleans, uh, closes with, screw the Vikings game, the Packers lost. So, we'll at least uh, celebrate that for a short moment. And we'll move on to the Facebook <laughs> Facebook page briefly here. Not too much on there, which is okay. Thanks for the contribution to you guys that did, though. Dan Taylor and uh, Tony Coleman. Very cool indeed to hear from you guys. Very cool indeed. Taylor says, best game of the season. Tough defense that made the stops it needed. A pounding running game and a quarterback who made the throws when the pressure was on. Obviously, I'm talking about the Chiefs beating the Packers. The Vikings were just god awful. <laughs> I love that, uh, Dan. You know, for that, for that, that was that was really for that. You get that's right. You get the gold star for this episode. That's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dan Taylor, for that. That was too good to uh, too good to not get the gold star for this episode. There it is, gold star for Dan Taylor. Good comment. Very cool. (laughs) 
Tony Coleman responds with, ha ha, so true, and yes it is, or too true. Yeah, that was really funny. And, uh, hey, again, thank God for the Packers losing. That was good. That's where Viking fans can feel a little bit better there, and that's also for the Gold Star, for a little bit of positivity for Viking fans. Since Because uh, so, maybe you don't want to hear me pile on too much. Brent Jacobson posts... Uh, Post this, he says, so, since Indianapolis won today and they have a reasonable chance of winning Week 17 versus Jacksonville, I wonder what would happen if we were tied with them. Who'd pick first? Dan Taylor, again, that's another reason why you'd get a gold star here, responds, quick to respond with that, and says, uh, it's based on strength of schedule, with the easier schedule picking first. We have a good chance of beating the Rams, <laughs> beating the Rams to get the second pick. But we'd struggle to match the Colts' strength of schedule, unfortunately. Yep, very true. Brent Jacobson responds with, might we have them in strength of schedule? We're, I mean, might we have them in strength of schedule? We've played Green Bay twice, Chicago twice, San Diego, Denver, Oakland, Kansas City, New Orleans, Detroit twice, and Atlanta. All are playoff contenders right now. Why is it a weaker schedule? I'm not sure. That's a good question there, Brent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. It's kind of... It's weird how all that comes out. It's extremely weird, honestly. It is. Yeah. But yeah, here I am recording the show. I'm glad a lot of you guys clicked like when I mentioned I was going to record the show tonight. Thank you, guys. That's real cool. I'll mention the names real quick, just to be nice. Sebastian Sebastian Balls, Neil Thiesing, Tony Coleman, Nick Borboom, and Anthony Batista. That being Anthony from L.A. Thank you, guys, for that. Tony Coleman... Closes the uh, Facebook page commenting with, I don't really have much to say on the subject of the game versus New Orleans. It started well again (laughs) and just descended into utter humiliation again. What more is there to say? (laughs) I'm looking ahead. Hopeful for next year. Yeah. That's all you can be. Hopeful for next year. Um, Will Leslie Frazier be the coach? Who knows? (laughs) You know, He's not worried about that. He's basically been given confidence that he's going to be the coach next year. I'm telling you, folks, I think the only reason Leslie Frazier is going to be the coach next year is because we're already playing little, little, excuse me, we're already paying him and Brad Childress next year. So why would you pay a third coach? That's, I think, probably the only reason Leslie Frazier is still the coach. Oh, and okay, he's one year in. But this is one hell of a one year. This is a historically bad one year. Can you compare him to Les Steckel? Probably not, but record-wise, you can. Uh, both teams stink. Both teams are not being managed well. End of story. End of sermon. And end of game review for the New Orleans Saints. Mercifully. End of game review. Thank God. Goodbye. We are clicking goodbye to that. <laughs> We're going to go to the Washington Redskins again. We're going to go to the nation's capital to play the the Washington Redskins, which was the site of Leslie Frazier's first victory as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He was the interim head coach at the time, and it was his first game as the interim slash head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and he started 1-0 in Washington. More reason for everybody to feel super positive about Leslie Frazier's potential future as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and I say potential because he wasn't necessarily going to be the head coach yet at the time. But no, his uh, uh, definitely a resume builder there 
for not only ownership to give him a contract and hire him as head coach, but also for the fan base. You know, that's a resume to give the fans hope and say, hey, this guy should be the head coach. That's a resume builder for that going into Washington and beating a bad team, but beating them on the road like that right away, which is what Childers would not have done. Uh, it would have been, uh, I mean, it was a nice start to what should have probably been better and what has not been better yet. That's right. has not been better yet. It's been a long, tiring journey to this two and twelve to this point of two and twelve in the two thousand eleven season. So the Vikings will head to Washington next week, and we will preview that after this, and we will close with that Fox article. That Fox article, very interesting stuff. Very interesting comments from uh, Vasante Shengo and Jared Allen in there. I'll even read a little bit of what Leslie Frazier had to say about the state of the team address right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 105, which is a reminder for all iPod users and other MB3 players like the Microsoft Zoom and such. We digress and continue. Well, two more topics at hand. Washington Redskins game next week. Oh, oh, wow. We get to play the Redskins next week. Yeah. In Washington. Woo. Well, it's not that scary because Rex Grossman is the starting quarterback and he's terrible, but the way this team has played of late, it's like, whatever. Are the Vikings going to win in Washington? Why the hell would I say the Vikings are going to win in Washington? I don't know. I must be un- I must be just... No, I'm not going to say the Vikings are going to win in Washington because there's no reason for me to do that. It's not because I'm too negative or too big of a, a jackass. There's just no reason for me to say it. No, there really isn't. Oh, those darn Redskins. Well, they played the... That's what the uh, New York Giants are saying right now. After an emotional victory over those annoying, hapless Dallas Cowboys who just can't finish because Tony Romo can't finish for anything. <laughs> a team that's just incapable of finishing anything. The uh, New York Giants take the take a, uh, a lead with a, a, a fairly wimpy 7-6 uh, and six record in the NFC East. But gosh darn it, they blow it. And a, and a loss at home against the Washington Redskins. So the Washington Redskins kind of did what last year's Vikings did. A sucky record. What are they, 5-9 and nine right now? A sucky team goes into New York trying to do something, and, and well, they, they just, uh, New York Giants blew it. They lost 23-10 to 10 to a Washington Redskins team who has a, a decent defense, middle of the pack overall, but decent. Middle of the pack's better than, than nothing, right? In terms of at least points given up by the Washington Redskins, uh, yardage-wise, they're a little bit on the upper half there. They actually are. They give up only well, they give up 112 yards rushing and 220 yards passing overall. Not bad. 15 interceptions on the year, which is again upper echelon. They have a solid uh, overall defense. To be honest, I'd have to say their uh, well, the rush defense is uh, is solid stuff. 
But then again, but at the same time, nothing to really get too scared of overall. They're just an overall okay defense. Uh, the pass defense a little bit better than their run defense. So we'll just kind of leave that as is. Um, what they did against the New York Giants, though, impressive in terms of they, they won the football game, quite simply. Rex Grossman had an okay game. Uh, they forced three turnovers on those New York Giants as well. Yes, they did. Three interceptions by Eli Manning. The Giants were able to get, or excuse me, the Redskins were able to pull off three interceptions in the game. So that's got to feel good for them. Adegway, that's the guy the Vikings wanted at one point in time. He is the, uh, he is a, uh, excuse me, a safety by a former St. Louis Ram. Vikings could have had him. D'Angelo Hall, that's a big name as well. I believe he's a former Chicago Bear, if I remember correctly. And Josh Wilson was the other guy to get the interception. So they, they actually have a pretty good secondary with familiar names in that uh, Washington Redskins secondary. A lot better secondary than the Minnesota Vikings. And the way Christian Ponder's been turning the ball over, like, again, not horribly yesterday, but inaccurate, that's for sure. Why do you think the Vikings are going to really do much against this football team? Uh, the only reason I can think of is the Washington Redskins offense is really not that great. Though uh, Roy Hallou has been, uh, you know, well, he was doing well. He only got 2.3 yards on the ground yesterday. 2.3 average, excuse me, 53 total. Uh, there was one rushing touchdown by Daryl Young in the game, a very well, uh, very not well-known player on the Redskins. The team that's already depleted in the running back category. <laughs> uh, bad quarterback, not that great running game. Again, it is the New York Giants, though. The running defense is a little bit better than other people's, but still. The, uh, the offense of the Washington Redskins would be the reason why the Minnesota Vikings could possibly win in Washington would be the turnovers by Rex Grossman because he's just not that good. Two interceptions yesterday. Uh, completion percentage surprisingly good, though, almost 63%. He even had 185 yards official and a touchdown. Not bad for Rex Grossman standards, <laughs> which aren't very high. Uh, they actually have an okay, uh, they have an okay uh, receiving core, or at least receiving duo in Santana Moss and Donnie Stallworth. But overall, you could say both of those guys over their career have been complete underachievers, as has Rex Grossman, who was a, I put a lot of stock in him in Chicago years ago. He was a part of a team that got to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say he led them to the Super Bowl, because that's the stupidest thing in the world to say that. He was a part of a team that got to the Super Bowl in 2006, was Rex Grossman. He just happened to be the starting quarterback, as was Jim McMahon of the uh, the previous Bears Super Bowl appearance in 85. <laughs> but, um, Jim McMahon at least didn't turn over the ball as much as Rex Grossman. <laughs> so, no, that's the only way the Vikings will win the game is possibly turnovers. But then again, how did the Vikings respond to the Saints' uh, gift-wrapped presence? They didn't respond too well, did they? Oh, no, they didn't. Doggone it, they just didn't, did they? Nope. Those bastards. <laughs> so, I don't know. Are they going to respond well on this uh, above-average defense in Washington on Christmas Day? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Washington Redskins are going to gift wrap a victory for the Vikings. And do the Vikings want to win the game in Washington? Yeah, well, the players do and the coaches do, but the fans sure the heck don't at this point. We want that third. We want a minimum third overall pick. We are in the top three as of right now. As of right now, the Vikings would pick third. We wouldn't mind getting that second or first pick, would we? To get to get Matt Khalil or Andrew Luck, it would be unbelievable. The other quarterback is Barkley. Not sure. 
if you take Barkley or not in the top three. You know, if you're the Minnesota Vikings with Christian Ponder, but then again, if Ponder continues to stink, maybe you do consider it. Because again, <laughs> let's watch Rex Grossman and Christian Ponder as closely as we can and see if they are comparable after all. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my God, am I afraid of that possibility. Because <laughs> That's why I bring it up all the freaking time. Yes, I do. I made first round pick for those Bears back in 2003. Yep. And all he did was piss off Bears fans. Yes, he did. For years. Let's just hope Hunter isn't that guy. I'm not saying he is, but... Yeah. We'll leave it as is. But the possibility does exist. <laughs> so how do the Vikings... So again, I just gave you how the Vikings can beat the Washington Redskins. It would be simply because of the turnovers. Uh, the passing game... Christian Ponder would have to have an awesome game. But right now, the passing defense is their strength. The Washington Redskins' strength overall is their pass defense. That's why they were able to beat the New York uh, Giants on Sunday. And the way Christian Ponder is playing does not... The formula doesn't add up to a Minnesota Vikings victory. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. I mean, plain and simple. I, I could not... I, I could be sitting right now as maybe I'm the host... I'm the podcast host for the Houston Texans. And I never saw the Vikings play a single game this year, and I'd be able to tell you right there, the formula does not add up to a Vikings victory. It just doesn't. In this game, because of that, simple, plain and simple. The uh, the Washington rush defense is also pretty good. The Vikings run defense, uh, excuse me, running <laughs> offense is obviously good. you got two very capable, you got a superstar in one position, and now a suddenly very capable Toby Gerhardt. But that's not going to win the game for the Vikings on Sunday. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. It's not. <laughs> the duo of, of those two guys are not going to win the game for the Vikings on Sunday. This is not 2009 when Adrian Peterson is going to blow up and get a touchdown because everybody's scared of Brett Favre possibly passing the ball at times. So they kind of they chill out a little bit on the run game sometimes on occasion because they don't have much of a choice. 2009 was a rare phenomenon where you have Favre and Peterson on the same team and both of them having huge seasons. Well, unfortunately, that's just not going to happen this time. You've got a young rookie quarterback who's not playing well right now, and a secondary that's above average, and a run defense that's above average. Not great, but above average. It's the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes of the Washington Redskins team. Should the Redskins have a better quarterback and running back, they'd probably be a playoff team right now with that defense. They'd prob- they probably would. They'd be winning the NFC East right now, I guarantee you that. Redskins would probably be nine and four right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, they probably would. Or nine and five. There you go. You want to kind of do a reciprocal right there. Yeah, they'd be nine and five. I think, very possible. But they're not because their offense stinks, and they turn the ball over. That's the only way I think the Vikings win the game. Is Christian Bonner going to march into Washington D.C. and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns? Right now, I say absolutely not. So if he does. Hey, more power to him. He overcame problems. He overcame uh, that learning curve that he'd been going through. And for whatever reason, he found holes in the Washington Redskins uh, passing game, pass defense, excuse me, secondary, and exploited them. Eli Manning sure the heck couldn't, though. He threw three interceptions. (laughs) Now, I know the Redskins know Eli Manning better than they know Christian Potter. That's another thing you got to throw in, but at the same time, no, I'm not picking the Vikings to win in Washington. I'm actually going to pick, I'm actually thinking a uh, kind of a lower scoring game, 
I don't think Washington's going to run the score up on the Vikings. There's no reason to believe that, in my opinion. There really isn't. Uh, I'm going to kind of go with a 24-17 win for Washington. It's going to be one of those slightly closer games, and the Vikings will piss us off and let us down again. Why not? Why not predict that? Because that's probably what's going to happen. It'll be a slightly competitive game, I think. It's not going to be a route. And if it is, well, whatever. It's a route. You know, I'm not... I don't have the future written down in front of me here, so anything can happen in a football game, and everybody knows that. So plain and simple, I see a 24-17 to 17, kind of a beat-em-up type game. Both teams will probably have turnovers. In fact, I guarantee both teams are going to have turnovers. The Vikings will probably look a little better than they did against the Saints, you know, especially the defense will. Uh, the defense will look better. The offense will probably be similar will say. It'll probably be about the same, really. Kind of a similar defense between Washington and New Orleans. I think it's kind of similar, actually. A decent secondary and a decent run game, run defense as well. But not a spectacular run defense, but better than average. Just like the Saints. So, yeah, I uh, 24-17, that's what I said, and that's what I'm going to stick with at this point in time. Washington puts the Vikings in jeopardy of having a worse record than the 84 Minnesota Vikings. The 2011 Vikings will be 2-13 and and will officially be tying the 84 Vikings at that point. And one way against the Chicago Bears in the Metrodome will decide will the Vikings be 2-14 and or 3-13. And, and a lot of things will be up for grabs in that one. Yep. Will it be the worst team in Vikings history, and will we be looking at a first, or second, or third round pick in the coming weeks? Until then, we'll just uh, going to have to find out. But, again, as I mentioned before the article, but we're going to do that after another quick break. Just to give you listeners a little uh, time to kind of breathe and think over this team a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know I'm making you listen to an hour of Vikings football, but, hey, you guys love it, don't you? I guess you do. Maybe maybe I'm semi-entertaining as well, I, I hope. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's hard to be this year. But we'll get to that article after a quick break, and we'll send you off to the Christmas season. One last time for episode number 105. Again, reminder for all iPod and MP3 player users, thank you again for joining Purple Mafia. Thank you always for that. So, yep, we're going to conclude with this uh, FoxSportsNorth.com article written by Brian Hall. So thank you, Brian, for that. We're citing you as the writer of the article. Very cool stuff indeed. Uh, yep, yeah, very cool stuff indeed, uh, <laughs> I said that twice, and I don't know why. Sorry. Vikings tight end Vasane Shenko with some very interesting comments after the football game. His comment was, I've seen a lot of effort from a lot of guys, Shenko said before pausing, 
I would say, you know, you could see some guys hang it up. Not a lot, though, like a very small handful of guys. You think some of them might have been in the secondary? You know, okay, we'll move that. Shanka with another quote says, We're grown men around here. Can't see nobody slacking off, especially when you give all your effort. That's not right, and that's not going to be accepted. So basically, Shanko's saying that he's going to get in somebody's face about better effort. Yeah, he continues with that uh, line of commentary right here. There's a lot of things we need to improve on around here. You know, I mean, I mean you guys know that. We know that. The fans know that. So, so, what's the option? I mean, do you lay down? Do you say that the season's over? No, you don't say that. You just keep going on, man. I mean, you know, you try to fix it, and we don't want to be the worst team in Vikings history, so that's incentive right there. Well, I guess it is. That would be kind of embarrassing, huh? <laughs> Jared Allen jumps in with a comment here. He says, we're 2-12. and 12. <laughs> What have we got to lose? I mean, what have we got? Yeah, what do we have to lose? You, you know what I mean? Try to play every play. A lot of people probably are going to get fired anyways. Interesting, huh? Uh-huh. He probably means players, too. Uh, at, at this point, <laughs> what are you going to lose? Go out and make plays and try to put your best effort there, out there and try to win games. Sometimes we get in like a backpedal mode just trying to maintain so we don't get to be too bad. Let's go win. Leslie Frazier jumps in and says, uh, uh, "Well, each of those losses have a little bit uh, have been a little bit different. They've been emotional losses. This one is a lopsided loss, so you deal with it emotionally the way you think you need to, based on that situation or that circumstance." Uh, they brought up less less Stackle and talking about uh, do you think he'll get the same treatment as Stackle, meaning canned after a season? Frazier says, "I'm really not." I know what we're trying to get done. I'm really optimistic about the future. It's difficult. And as crazy as that may sound, I think I have a good idea of what we need to do to not be in the situation in the future. No, we're not concerned about 2012 at this point. Other than the Washington Redskins, it's 2011. That's really where the focus has to be. So kind of typical coach talk there. Yeah. Typical coach talk there. So now we're going to get to the final comments by uh, Shenko. They say they ask him basically, are are the players trying to play the final two weeks to save Fraser's job? Shenko says, I think it's for the team's sake. Not it's not just one person. The whole organization. For me, I feel like we need these next two wins. We need to take them seriously. We are going to take them seriously. So, yeah, basically Shenko saying he's going to pretty much get in somebody's face when they're not giving all their effort. And Jared Allen pretty much annoyed and saying, yeah, why aren't we uh, trying to win? Because people are going to get fired anyway, so what's, what is everybody worried about? Also, uh, Steve Hutchinson did suffer a concussion in the game. i got to think Steve Hutchinson is as good as gone. And I think he should be as good as gone because he makes a ton of money and he's not very good anymore. And he hasn't been good for quite a while. So why is he still here? Million dollar question right there. Excuse me for that, but yeah, a million dollar question for Viking fans and for the Vikings in general. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Jared Allen and Adrian Peterson both upset about being a uh, lack of playing time during the game, but it's like, hey, you're getting blown out. Why go out and get injured? That's my take. 
though, yeah, not a happy camper at all. And this one, this also courtesy of Brian Brian Hall. Uh, Jared Allen's comment. So this is a little bonus here. Uh, he says, I was pissed that they wouldn't let me out there and finish the game off. I don't like that they tried to pull me at the end. Mm. Interesting stuff indeed. He says, what were they resting me for? The playoffs? That's not my decision. I mean, that's not my decision. I guess they want the young guys to play. I don't know. I'm just trying to be a good soldier. Me, I want to play the whole game. I don't want to come off the field. I feel like if I were trying to win games, let's put the best players on the field. But they felt that I obviously needed to be off the field at that time. And that's their call. At some point, you just have to say, what the heck? We're 2-12. and 12. <laughs> What have we got to lose? And basically, yeah, there you go. There's that same thing he said earlier about let's go win and backpedal mode and all that good stuff. So, there you go. There you go indeed. Uh, oh, also another note, a final note here again, courtesy of Brian Hall. He says that Sapp uh, was benched for disciplinary reasons. Interesting stuff there. Brian Sapp was acquired five weeks ago, was listed as a starter prior to Sunday's game, was not included in the pregame introductions, and wasn't on the field for the Saints' first two plays. Sapp and coach Leslie Frazier confirmed the, moon, the move was a disciplinary was disciplinary in nature, something that him and I talked about last night that needed to take place. So again, no, uh, <laughs> no uh, mention of what it was. I don't know, maybe he's goofing off, staying out too late. Who knows? It probably was something like that. Uh, so now we get to the couple quotes by Peterson not being a happy camper about lack of playing time again. Yep. Peterson, by the way, was 85% health. What they say. Yeah, that's what he said on Thursday at one point, of course. But Peterson said, I don't think I was at full speed, but I don't feel like I was running slow either. It felt good overall. Um, he wasn't happy, of course, about the playing time. He says, I was upset by it a little bit, fighting to get back, but we got down... So we had to start passing the ball a little more. Yep, as I mentioned, 100,000 times as well, and I've mentioned several, all year pretty much. Yeah, Peterson's not going to have a big year because he's not going to get the ball because the Vikings are behind. But, uh, well, he, they've been close. But we'll move on. Games like this, he's not going to get the ball. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. He says, I don't know what goes through the coach's mind. Ooh. Yep, I don't know what goes through the coach's mind. They knew I had the injury, so maybe on different plays they wanted to keep me out. I came into the game kind of expecting that coming back from a high ankle, expecting that coming back from a high ankle sprain, guys are going to try and trick their shots when they're on the pile and try to twist things like that. I felt it kind of got, kind of got overboard. I got up and kind of faced. Thank God I was able to keep my composure. So this was a comment when uh, New Orleans cornerback Jabari Greer uh, tried to twist Adrian Peterson's ankle. That's kind of messed up. Yeah, Peterson got face-to-face with Greer. So, there's another side note for you. So, a little bit of bonus uh, information there. Thanks to Brian Hall again from Fox Sports North. Good stuff there. Good notes. Uh, Sometimes it's cool to find some of that extra tidbits. So, again, thank you for that, Brian. That's that's pretty much a wrap. Episode number 105. Not quite in the books yet, but we'll be... First, we'll get to some contact details. We mentioned earlier that Purple Mafia is available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. We'd like you to join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Simply go to the page, the sportsstuff.com, click on the button that says TSS Boards on the front page, then click register and uh, get your screen name up there. 
have it be something that makes sense and isn't too crazy. And uh, you can chat with other football fans out there. The forums are split up in divisions. Get on that NFC North uh, bandwagon. Do some talking and fighting with Packer fans. Talk some trash because they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. I know the Vikings lost to the Chiefs, but the fact the, the fact is the Packers' undefeated season is over, and they are now 13-1, and not 14-0, thanks to Kansas City Chiefs and to Farzine's, and to Farzine as well, because that was his team. So thanks again, Farzine, for that. <laughs> Good times. Thanks for helping the Vikings feel a little bit better about themselves, or at least the Viking fans. Not the team, but the fans feel a little bit better about themselves. It feels good. So here we go. And Miami Dolphins of 1972 pop the champagne. You know, I horrible sound effect there by me, but whatever. Pop the champagne. You are still the only undefeated team in NFL history. Congratulations. And screw the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yes, get on those message boards on thesportstuff.com and talk trash to those Packer fans. Don't forget about the Facebook group, facebook.com, Facebook page, excuse me, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do give that a like. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do give that a follow. And finally, the phone line again, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, or, 78, or 7TSS, whatever you want to say. Uh, again, it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you are calling in, which is Purple Mafia. And there you go. Comment, shout out, question, anything, everything you want. Talk as long as you want. Maybe, well, maybe limit it to three to five minutes. Five might be a little long, but whatever. Hey, anybody joining the show is a good thing. You're always welcome on this show. And uh, it'd be great to hear some voices with mine on the air. But until uh, episode number 106 which will be post-Christmas, I'm going to mention again, Merry Christmas to all of you and to all a good night, and Happy Holidays to all, and to all a good night.